What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Thank you for joining the podcast. You are listening to Mental Health and Healing for Us First, a segment from the Progressive Church of God in Christ Youth Leaders and Parents Conference featuring facilitator Sister Isolisha Tolbert from the Progressive Church of God in Christ in Sacramento, California, Sister April White from the City Church, Sacramento, California, and therapist, Sister Nadira Sherman from the New Greater Love Church of God in Christ in Stockton, California. And finally, Pastor James Manning of the West Pittsburgh Church of God in Christ in Pittsburgh, California. We hope you'll enjoy this. And for those of you who are joining us for our conference, we can't wait to see you. God bless. All right. So good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with our panelists here today. And we're coming to you focusing on mental health, self-care and healing for us first. And so that goes for parents and youth leaders, just anyone that could benefit from this presentation, we're talking to you. And so just before we begin in the discussion, I do want to open up with a quick prayer. And then of course, um, we can hear from our panelists. So dear God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to gather here virtually, Lord, once again, Lord. Lord, just the opportunity to come together, Lord, although not in person, not physically, Lord, you've allowed this door, this opportunity, God, for us to still come together, for us to to find get healing, Lord, for us to have discussions, Lord, on becoming better, God, in ministry, God, as parents and leaders, Lord. So we just thank you right now for giving us uh, the ability to go forth in this op- in this manner, Lord. I thank you right now for the panelists that are here with us, Lord. Lord, I ask that you just word their mouth, God, that you calm any nerves nerves that they may have, God, that you just lead this session in the way that you would have it to go. Lord, let someone be blessed, encouraged, inspired, Lord, to just move on, to go continue forward, Lord, in their ministry, continue forward in the calling that they have, Lord, Lord, with confidence and assurance from you. And we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's just begin with a quick icebreaker. Um, And I do ask if you can introduce yourself. Uh, to the people, and then also describe yourself using three words. So don't go, don't all go at once. You can. I'm ready to <laughs> jump in, but I feel like ladies first. Okay. Got a cop out. <laughs> uh, Hi, my name is Sister Nadira Sherman, and I am a young adult mentor for No Greater Love under the member under the leadership of Pastor June and First Lady Natalie. Oh, and the three things that I would describe myself: um, I would say healed. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, creative and resilient will be my mm-hmm. third one. Oh, those are good good ones. All right. <laughs> Um, My name is April White. I am an associate marriage and family therapist. Um, I practice here in Sacramento and also a member of City Church of Sacramento, where my pastor is Mark Meeks. Um, My three words are curious, natural, 
and I was going to say creative, but I'll say adventurous. <laughs> That's a good okay. therapist spin right there. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Pastor James Manning II. I pastor West Pittsburgh Community Church. I also work as a full-time probation officer in Santa Clara County. Um, I deal with one of the worst types of, um, of crime, domestic violence. Um, uh, if I had to describe myself in three words, that's a question, that's an interview question for a job. Like, you know, you manipulate. So to have to really think about how I would describe myself without being conceited, <laughs> you know, um, I would say imaginative, personable, and dependable. Wow. Those are really good. All of you shared really good words. Um, I mentioned, or I have a three for myself also, but we kind of like overlapped a little bit, but I don't know about you, but choosing three words to sum up your whole person is kind of hard. So um, like, I know for me, I said genuine, dedicated, and adventurous. I don't know how many times I circled back like, oh no, maybe I should substitute this for this. So, but we made it through. So, <laughs> so hopefully for those viewing and those watching, you were able to um, just with that introduction and those few words to describe um, the panelists that you just have a little better idea of who they are um, and why they're here on today. So let's just get started with the opening question. Do you agree that caring for your heart, body, and mind is important in working effectively as a youth leader or parent? And I can repeat that, let's say that again. Do you agree that caring for your heart, body and mind is important in working effectively as a youth leader or parent? It's 100% vital. It's vital. Um, I think burnout is real. I think wear down is real. And as a parent, and even more so as a youth leader where you, you don't have necessarily the biological connection with the people you're mentoring or dealing with or ministering to, you really have to, you know, empty of yourself. And we all know trying to go to, um, like with our kids, right? When they drink the juice or the milk and leave, you know, a millimeter left in the uh, carton and put it back in the refrigerator, <laughs> you gotta pour some out and we're like, who put this back in the refrigerator? Right. It's the same thing with the youth leader or a parent. If you have very little left to pour out, your kids are draining and pulling on you. You've worked a whole day of work or whatever. And now you're coming and dealing with your children are better yet rushing out the house with dinner to go down to the church and teach a Bible study. If you really don't have anything left in you to pour, there's not much to pour out. And then sometimes what happens is when you don't have enough to pour out, then you're already frustrated with yourself. The people you minister to, including your children, can feel when it's not much and then their attention is diverted. They become bored because there's not, not much freshness coming out. And then what'll happen is they'll start doing other stuff, being mischievous, mischievous, and then you're more frustrated at them for where they're at. And if you don't have very anything left to pour, then how can you pour out to anyone else? I would agree with that 100%. Self-care is vital. Self-care is vital. Self-care is vital. Um, and a lot of times I talk to clients about, you know, we have our morning routine. We wouldn't walk out the house without brushing our teeth, without putting on deodorant, 
But when it comes to taking care of our spirit or our mind, we walk straight out the house without doing those routines. Um, I 100% agree with, you know, pouring from very little is hard. And I'll add on to that. Um, just imagine you have a backpack with all your stress, your trauma, you know, all that. You can keep going if you add more weight. You could keep going. You can't go nearly as far. You can't go as fast. You can't go with as much energy or creativity. And so that's how I see when we fail to care for ourselves, we're, we can keep going. We can go to autopilot at some point. We can get things done, um, but not nearly as wholeheartedly as we would be able to if we're practicing that self-care. Yes. Wow, to sum up with the other two panelists, uh, Minister James and Sister April said, um, I, I'm a witness to that just recently. And I would say earlier this year, maybe the end of last year, I became to um, come into understanding self-care because I was doing just that on autopilot, just going, that's what I've been doing all of my life, you know, while in school with the children, now married, full-time, you know, everything's just going. And I never find time for the pause button. I didn't even know I was tired until I was speaking with my first lady most recently. And she said, you're tired. And my face just flooded with tears. Didn't even realize how tired I was. So it is very vital, like you said, that we are um, in wellness with our heart, with our body. That's so important. Our health, our mind, our kids are like sponges. So when we're not well, they can tell. And like he said, they will start to act out, imitate those behaviors. Um, and just for our overall health, when something's not well, the rest of the body is falling apart as well. So um, I agree with what the other panelists have said thus far. Yeah, I completely, I do, I agree also. And I think that what each of you shared was, it's just an introduction, right? An opening question, but it's already just hitting on some points that we're going to discuss further um, in the, into the discussion. Um, but just what I was hearing was just, uh, right? We can't, we can't give when we're empty. We can't um, pour out. Um, and it's difficult to pour out, you know, when we're, when we have nothing uh, inside and nothing else to give. We, um, maybe going and going, right? But is it really effective? Is it, are the results really beneficial for, um, for that environment, for the, the people, the recipients? And so it's just really uh, important to listen to our body. Um, and sometimes like, you know, when you're working and your boss is like, this is not your best work or you can do better, better than that, right? Um, sometimes we have those, those, uh, those cues or those different instances that come up um, where we know, okay, uh, I need to stop or I need to take a step back, right? But are we, are we taking that, that opportunity to do that or are we just keep, are we keeping going and until we uh, burn out? So um, again, this was just the opening, but I'm excited just already in the conversation and where it's going to go. So um, add, before you even move on, even the way you all have structured that question is vital to understand it's a holistic approach mm -hmm. as people, especially, you know, we're talking about, she's was talking about being a, a single mother in school and work, and then what she's pouring out to the community. We, we, we have to be holistic and we, we have a tendency in our lives as people to focus on one area versus another. 
And what I've noticed is that um, I was doing some research a few years ago just for a sermon, and I came across something called cardiomyopathy, which is uh, what they say is a broken heart. Mm-hmm. And you can, I didn't realize that being heartbroken, right? Going through a loss, you lost your mother, lost a relationship. It actually has a physical effect on your heart. Um, and the heart, the heart, the shape of the heart changes and it doesn't function as strong as it is supposed to. If you stay in that condition, it affects your health in an overall sense. So you see how it all runs together. Um, you may be working out in the gym, eating right. You may get uh, enough rest for your mind to recover and renew. But if you have a broken heart and you're trying to function on what she said, autopilot, um, you're, you're getting it's, that broken heart is going to feed into your mind and your body being broken as well. So it's important that we focus on a holistic approach of being whole in our profession. And we all know because we're part of the church. Pastors don't take breaks. Right. Our appropriate breaks. Well, we focus on pastors because they are the leader, have the most responsibility. But all church workers, it goes down the line, down to that person who's over the, the Sunday school class, the children's choir. We don't take breaks in, in, in an effort to be holistically healthy. Uh, going to a church conference is not a break. <laughs> stop that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm stop. <laughs> good stuff really good things and does anyone have anything to add to that from what he was saying or did he just what well, they say drop the mic on on the end of that part all right <laughs> wow yeah just what what all is said I mean I'm I'm hoping that as you're listening and those that are viewing are really just taking this information in it and um truly understanding that if you feel like you've been that person that has been going, 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 and uh, in, a, in a cycle that seems like, okay, when is this over or how do I get out of this? Right now is your opportunity, right? Where you can just stop and think about these things, um, even in what we're going to share later on. Um, we're praying already that you'll take this time to, to sit down, to reflect, to pray and to really ask God, um, where what what is an area or what are those areas that uh, you may need help in? And I don't want to go into my questions for later, but we'll go ahead and um, go into our three R's. So our focus is it is time to heal. So you can say that with me. It is time to heal. The t- the time is now. So we're going to look at three R's, and when we look at the word heal, um, the three R's kind of branch from that, right? When we look at healing, um, we're talking about one, revive, two, recover, three, rebuild. And so first we're going to touch on revive, the word revive, uh, which means to restore to life, give new strength or energy to. And so as we uh, begin talking about that um, and healing, um, I'm going to open up the floor for anyone who would like to speak on that. And I can begin maybe with my uh, just introduction here. So um, each day presents a new challenge. We all have challenges, right? And we kind of mentioned those areas that we um, 
whether it's our work or family or different things we, we have to attend to in church, uh, sometimes we operate on a tank that is half full. Some may be an encourager or a silent supporter uh, where you do good and get no recognition for it. You may uh, work in the church and, and uh, be um, a parent, you know, having to, what is it, be the, the teacher, the chef, you know, um, right now with all the distance learning, you've had to do a lot, carry a lot. Um, and you may have a lot of obligations that you're cycling through with no sense of relief. So it's important to be healthy, a healthy helper. And again, that goes back to being whole, looking at the holistic approach. God is the only one who can fully re replenish those empty areas in our lives. So that may just give uh, some further inf information into uh, what we're talking about with being revived as a part of healing. When I think of revive, I think of like giving life back to something. Um, and when we go through some of the other R's, um, we can kind of circle back and touch on, you know, giving life to things. Um, but I think a lot about connecting to your why and connecting to your source. Um, again, this is something I talk about in therapy, but it's also something that applies to us. And it's going back to, um, what is my why? what is my actual calling and how is what I'm doing um, in, in alignment with that. Um, the areas that I feel are dead or I feel have withered off, is it time to cut those areas or is it time to zone in and focus on those areas? And so um, when I think of revive, I think of like circling back to my why and really taking time to get connected. Mm -hmm. I like that, knowing your why. Hope you guys are writing that down. Those who are viewing, know your why, right? <laughs> That's for free. <laughs> we, and thank you for that. I'll take that. I'll pencil that in as well. And I love the last word you ended with was connection. Um, I remember my kids had told me most recently, um, mom, you like as though I was in a silo in my own home. Um, where I'm busy, I get off of work, I have to, you know, look at their homework, I have to be a wife, I have to be a mom, because I have my parents here with me as well, so, you know, the whole routine of things, and so my daughter's like, you never come out, you never this, you never, and I'm like, well, I do, I do, you know, and I'm trying to recall, and I had to take a moment to listen to her, and, um, and connect with her. And, and I just love the word revive, bringing life to the home again, um, to myself, um, because of some past that I went through my own self. I felt like I, I didn't realize that I was like that withering flower, um, needing some fertilizer, needing a little bit of water. And while my husband was trying to give that, I didn't see it that way, um, I felt I was okay, because that's what we learn in the church. We learn, you pray about it, you okay, you don't talk about it, God's got you, God's got, God's got it. So you neglect what's really going on internally. And so um, I'm in the process of reviving right now, um, digging in to the deep of what happened in the past and to, and to bring that new life that I had um, abandoned for some time now because of some past hurts. Awesome. So, I love how you're speaking on how you're currently in the process of it, right? Because we all have different uh, 
there's different timelines, right? Where we need, uh, where we're in different spaces in our lives. And so I love how you're speaking on just the present uh, and just now and how this is applying to you even right now. And it's something that's needed for you. Elder or Pastor Manning, do you have it? Did you want to add anything? As they talk, my mind just goes everywhere. <laughs> I should call April Dr. White. I feel like doctor is all over her. Yeah. Hey, I that. <laughs> but you, you know, when we talk about revival, right, we're talking about restoring something that was lost. Mm. And I think sometimes we abuse that word because sometimes you didn't lose anything. You never found it. You never had it. You were, you know, born almost in burnout. Mm. You know, I preached a, a funeral Wednesday outdoors and it was like, I wanted the, the family to understand we're born into a fight. Job tells us man born of a woman is of a few days old and full of trouble. You know, and, and unfortunately we don't get to choose the circumstances by which we are born. Everybody didn't get the luxury of being born, you know, with enough money in a bank and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, when, we, when we're talking about revival, we're talking about restoring something that we had that was lost. Right. Identifying what, what um, I want to keep saying, Dr. White, what she said about knowing your why, your purpose, understanding that. But the question is, how many people ever understood their purpose? How many of us ever understood beyond what our mom told us, or our dad told us, or our peers told us, what we were here to do? And I think a lot of people are lost around that concept. Um, for people who understood their purpose at a point and lost it, lost the why that they, the reason why they're doing what they're doing. I think it's a little easier for them to recognize when they don't have it. But for people who have never had it, I think it's just, it becomes a, a what's that old song say? Like a ship without a sail. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even have a direction. So, you know, revival is difficult because they, you know, we used to use revival as a term to say, we're gonna have a service to bring in all the sinners so they can get saved. But really the revival is for the church to wake the church up to remember its purpose. Um, so we know we got to help people first find their purposes and find uh, their why in many cases. Um, and then after they have found their why, the world and life is designed to beat you down. Let's get that clear. Uh, Sherman, uh, Sister Sherman said, my husband was trying to give it to me. The truth is you're going leaving the house every morning, going to fight to a war zone at work, at school, whatever you're leaving the house to do. And now we've brought it home. Like you said, Isalisha, we're bringing it home now because we got to do laptops and have meetings at home. We're my mm -hmm. safe space, right? Where I don't have that, that stuff. I don't have to deal with nice, nasty attitudes and stuff, but now I'm in the living room dealing with it. Now my children, the teacher that my child said was horrible, I get to sit now and listen to, and it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was sending this, my child to this lady for six or seven hours a day. And I can't mm -hmm. stand her. And I can't tell my kids that I can't stand her because then they won't do their work. <laughs> so yes, there's a, a lot to deal through. Um, and we have to first recognize that we need revival, right? If we mm -hmm. ever had that, why? We have to recognize it. And um, we talked about taking a break earlier. Sometimes you don't have the luxury of taking a break. 
Summer, summer won't be here for a while. My son, who hates his teacher, has to still sit in that class every day. I make him turn on his camera because if not, he'll be asleep. Right? So he has to struggle through that. And then there is a reprieve in June. You got to survive on E until June. And we've all learned to do that. But we have to take those moments and understand revival is essential to go back to that purpose. So I, I, I did all that talking in a circle to get back to what she said, re remembering or knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And if you've never had that, it's time to take a step back and just find that why, that purpose. Yeah, right. Wow, that was a lot. That was a handful, right? So many nuggets in there that that was that was shared from each of you, what, what all of you were saying. Um, and again, what I got from it is, we have to come to a point where we can accept and realize that there is more for us, there is better, um, and that uh, there's a higher place that God is calling us to, right? Not just uh, as a parent, right? As a youth leader, uh, just as a person, um, a child of God, he's calling us to more. And so this word revived, being restored, having new strength and energy, um, it, it's, it's needed for all of us. So no one's just in the corner by themselves. Um, and we're pointing fingers, it's for all of us. And so just kind of, was there any other additional comments uh, before we move into our next R? Okay, so I do have a, a reflect a question that I would like to pose to the viewers. And this isn't something that you have to answer right now. You can write it down or um, just think about it at another time. But I want to ask you which areas in your life need to be revived? Think about that um, and be honest with yourself. Even if you need to go to God in prayer uh, with it, which areas in your life need to be revived? All right. So we're going to go to our second R, which is recover. And that, which means to get back, to return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. Hmm, recover. So we went, we, we talked about revive, being revived. Now we're on to recover. And again, this is still uh, referencing um, a healing and, and healing for us first. And I don't wanna, let's see, maybe I'll choose someone this time. Um, Sister April, if you wanna start us off for this one. Um, yeah, so um, when I first heard the recover as part of the three R's, I think this is probably my favorite one because it reminds me, I go back to in the Bible where it says that we're come to bound up the brokenhearted. And I think Pastor Manning was talking about the broken heart. And in my mind, I get very visual and I think of like actually binding up a broken heart, not just stitching together pieces, but binding it up. And that is insulating it with compassion, with grace, with forgiveness. And I'm talking about us to us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah. even talking about us to others. I'm talking about insulating ourselves with compassion, with grace, with forgiveness, with letting go of guilt. Um, and then I also think about just something very practical. Um, and that is taking a moment to acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge your disappointment, acknowledge your hurt. And a phrase that I share with clients, it's a very practical phrase, but it's mind blowing the way that it works. And that is right now I am having a feeling that right now I'm having a thought that 
because what happens is we have these stresses or offenses and we want to move past it and we don't want to give it energy or light but then that thing sits in the back of our head rent free and it comes out in frustration and it comes out and I'm you know yelling at my kids when I'm you know I'm offended by something that happened with my co-Sunday school teacher um, and so giving yourself a moment to say, and it doesn't even have to be out loud, but giving yourself a moment to say, in this moment, I feel embarrassed by this situation so that you can acknowledge it for yourself and let it come and go. And then it doesn't have to sit in the back of your head and you know continue to cause stress or grief or what have you. So when I'm thinking about healing specifically about the recover piece, I'm thinking about really identifying those hurts whether it's small or big and like really binding yourself up, like encapsulating yourself with that goodness. Mm. Back to the basics, back to the basics, right? I love those prompts, those starters. Oh, it looks like Sister Nadiria, were you, were you ready to jump, <laughs> jump on that, that train? <laughs> I was in my therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> April. No, a part of my recovery, or I would suggest as a recovery, um, like she said, um, journaling. That helps to write down uh, what you're feeling, um, how a situation made you feel, what, something that might have happened in the past. Uh, write down everything because we tend to bury it and 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 not recall anything about it. Um, and feel that we're okay and just keep moving along. Um, but I think if we call it out, write it down, um, we're able to really go to God for the true healing and how to recover uh, through those hurt and pain and, and the trauma of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes writing, definitely writing things down, especially those of us that are visual learners or that mm -hmm. process things in that way, um, we need to write things down, right? And to see it, be able to repeat it back or be able to read it to ourselves. Um, and sometimes just to leave it there, we write it and then mm -hmm. it's just there, right? Like we may not do anything with it, but that was our form of, of healing or form of um, the, the, the steps to, you know, moving in a, a better direction. So very good. Very good. <laughs> Pastor Manning, do you? Uh, it's amazing that, you know, you let me go last. I get a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all giving me sermon material and everything. <laughs> Bind up the heart. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of reminded of, um, the story with Elijah, when he got, after he had, you know, killed all the prophets, told Ahab, you know, you better hurry up and get home and all that stuff happened. He entered a moment of complete and utter burnout, right? Y'all remember where he runs and he's now hiding underneath a juniper tree, I believe. And he's asking God, like, kill me because I want to die, but I don't want to kill myself. Uh, there's nobody else here left for you. And they're going to kill me if you don't you know, kill me, right? And at that moment, God does not condemn him. God does not beat him down. Doesn't even check him in that moment. Um, but I almost take it as a personal um, formula to recover what God did with him, right? God sent him to the wilderness, allowed him to be in the wilderness. Uh, first, allowed him to get some sleep, some rest. Mm -hmm. um, then I believe he sent the angels, right, to give him a meal, uh, he was getting fresh air and water. Then he got more rest. Wow. Then he got more food, right? And then, then at that moment, the Lord sends him on a solitude journey, right? He goes by himself to mount to the mountain, Mount Hebron. And on the mountain, we know the Lord shook him up, right? 
uh, fire came on the mountain, but God wasn't in the fire. An earthquake shut the, shut the mountain, but uh, uh, God wasn't in the earthquake. Same thing with the wind. And at the end of the day, the Lord spoke to him with a still small voice. And it was after that, all of that, he got kind of comforted him and then checked him smoothly, right? Like, you're not the only one I got. Quit getting caught up in your own feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, when I started thinking about recovery, we try to make everything so super spiritual, but sometimes before it gets super spiritual, you just got to take care of yourself. Ah, yeah. um, I, when I'm counseling someone going through a divorce, uh, someone he was talking to a therapist, actually said, taking care of yourself is taking care of your children. Every parent in the world, they always put their children 100% first. And in their mind, that's how they take care of their children. But even when you're flying on the airplane, the instructions are, if you have small children with you, if the mask can't fall from the top, please secure your mask first and then secure the mask of your companion, your children. Um, and I think sometimes what we have to do is understand it's not all super spiritualized sometimes. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and get some rest, eat solid meals. You know, in life, it takes so much energy and effort to accomplish anything. If you're living in a one-bedroom apartment with six people, it still is very hard <laughs> to keep maintain that one-bedroom apartment, right? Whatever you're accomplishing in life, it takes energy and effort consistently. Um, in order to, to do that, we need to be eating better. We need to be resting properly. And then we need to have the spiritual stuff as in order as well. Um, so I, I always use Elijah. You can go re read Elijah's story um in the scripture to kind of get a little more detailed look but it's it's imperative and we see him completely and for all the preachers who are listening the young preachers it is after he calls fire from heaven that he trips out okay. so you know sometimes after that amazing sermon after the the, the outpouring of god that monday morning is <laughs> So you have to be ready to face, you know, what, what the enemy throws at you at that time and um, be ready to eat a good meal and get some rest, you know, right. to recover. Yeah. Well, again, just everything that was said, I really love that part of securing yourself first, right? That, that airplane analogy. Um, it's so important. And honestly, all of us have, have had the same amount of time, really in a general sense, um, this year, this past year, to, um, to really think, to really sit, to really just ask ourselves these questions, right? And to think about these areas um, uh, in our lives. And something that I was just thinking about while you, while you all were speaking uh, was just that you know, our surroundings, right? Our environment, just from what you were saying. And when we're talking about healing, uh, again, we went through being revived, uh, recovered. Um, we have to make sure that our, our environment is, is, is in the right place. Our environment is set up to help us uh, move forward in that recovery, right? And uh, again, going back to the normal state of health, mind or strength. So again, going to all those different areas, we want to make sure that um, if we don't want the same old uh, result or we don't want the same outcome or we don't want to be feeling these, the same feeling every, every day or 
uh, every time there's some sort of project or every time you have to deal with something that your kids got, got into, uh, then really evaluate your environment, evaluate uh, uh, what's helping that and, and what's hurt, uh, hurting, hurting it. And so um, just with everything that was shared, again, all of these are nuggets. They're just dropping nuggets. So I'm hoping that you're, you're just taking them, you're writing them down um, and that you're applying them. You're gonna be able to apply them um, from this day forward. We're just saying start. It's time to heal and the time is now. So as we move into our third R, I wanna share this question with you of what do you need to release to recover? Again, what do you need to release to recover? Ask yourself this, go into prayer about it, write it down, journal about it. Uh, if you need to talk to someone else about it, again, we haven't really uh, touched on it much, but we have a therapist on the call. And I know she may mention it a, a little later on, but sometimes, you know, people have their little, their um, view, viewpoints and opinions, right, on going to, to seek help and to, to be able to talk these things out. Um, but just make sure that you, you know that there's op options out there. There's opportunities for you to, um, to go into that, that phase of recovery, right? And so it's not, and it's not just, oh, you know, I'm a drug addict. So I need to, you know, I need to go and do this step, this step, and this step. Sometimes we think recovery is like a big thing from, a, from an addict or from someone that's dealing with a serious trauma, but it, it, it can be something that's so small, right? Um, that we may need to recover from. So uh, again, ask yourself this, what do you need to release to recover? And so as we move into our last R, which is rebuild, um, it just means to build again to build again. So um, just a little summary I have here is that when I'm thinking of the word rebuild, um, some may say, you know, um, you know, maybe why me? Or uh, I just don't feel it's time. Or I don't, I, you know, I don't have the time or I don't feel like I'm useful. And I just want to let you know that you're not counted out. And what God has placed within you is needed for this time. Again, we're going back to starting now. So it's needed right now. Um, and it's time to round up your resources, starting with the ultimate provider and a sure foundation. So let's let's talk a little bit more on the, uh, the word rebuild, building again. First, I, I guess about jumping here, it's important to understand that going back to what Dr. White said, knowing your why, right? I want to be the best parent I can for my children. I don't want to be half-stepping for my children. I want to be the best pastor to the congregation. Um, so it's imperative to, that I put the rebuilding process at the forefront. And what you're saying is, is so valid, Sister Isolation, because many times we have spread ourselves way too thin. And I understand now more than ever that it's okay to say, I don't have the energy for that. Mm -hmm. I don't have the capacity for this. I can't do everything. I can't be at every meeting, no matter how much pressure you put on me in order for me to be, to be the best person I can be. I don't have the energy for everything. I realize even being a part of the church, I'm a younger pastor. And because I'm a younger pastor, I have a younger family. I can't be at all the same meetings that everyone else is at because I need to take my kids to Disneyland. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I have to work a full-time job right. in addition to everything else so 
understanding that there are some things that you have to learn to prioritize. Some of us work jobs, you know, some people work jobs where when the day is done, you know, complete all your work and then go home. Most of us are working a job where we're never going to be able to sit back and say, all the work is done. All my notes are entered. Really, your day is, if you can continue to work, there will always be work left for you to do. Well, you have to learn how to prioritize what's important and what can I kind of kind of put to the side. Because I don't, it's not enough of me to do all of that, then get home and make dinner for these kids, check their homework. You have to pri begin to prioritize what's most important and what's most valuable. The pandemic taught me one thing. I was not really parenting the way I should. Ah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't even know these kids. He was speaking right now. <laughs> and being locked in the same house with everybody for, I think it was six or seven months for us here, you know, for me specifically, I realized, man, my daughter needs some therapy. <laughs> and, and not that that's a, a negative thing, but I just was able to recognize you got some mood swings with your little bro with your brother over here that don't make sense. He has done nothing to you. So we were able to do therapy together. Wow. My, my sons, I recognize, okay, there's some dysfunction here that I need to deal with myself. I work out with my, my other son now where we get up in the morning, we work out together. We're building a relationship more than just, I'm getting home and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. Let's do this. It's, we're parenting barely part-time because that's what life calls for. So rebuilding is vital because we wanna be the best us that we can be. Um, everybody doesn't have the ability to reshape their lives and everything, but we, got, we have to find a way to prioritize what's most important so that we can give our best selves to it. Amen. Amen. Yep. Prioritize, key word. And I, I'm kind of, don't wanna jump in there. I seen some lips moving, so go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. Prior, prioritizing is huge. Um, rebuilding is is imperative as well. Um, I, I think of construction when I think of rebuilding and making sure you have a solid foundation as you're stacking each block, making sure that it's not going to be able to just wiggle free uh, by a simple blow. Um, and, and, and knowing that you can rebuild, sometimes things have crumbled and you're sitting there just wondering if I can, should I? Um, it, yes, you can. You can rebuild your life at any point. You're never too old. You're never too young. Um, life definitely took a toll on a lot of us, um, all of us. I'm saying because it's, it's new for everyone. Uh, for this pandemic and it was the perfect it is the perfect opportunity to be, rebuild your life in every facet um, nothing's too big for you um, to, to, to start nothing's too big for God to help you so um, take a take a opportunity and take a chance at your own life to um, start today yeah yeah I love that you said this you always have an opportunity that gives a lot of hope. You always have an opportunity to start. Um, when I think of rebuild and I was telling Sister Isolisha, I think of the word routine because mm -hmm. like when houses are built, it's usually built methodically. Yeah. And so I think about building in a routine 
um, a routine of self-care. I know that those words, sometimes we have an idea of what that means, especially in our community, and it sounds indulgent. Um, but when I talk about self-care, I'm literally talking about routines. Um, and I wanted to share just three very practical ones. So I know you all have your notebooks out and <laughs> your pens out. Um, and I wanted to sh share three very practical routines to, to for that rebuilding. And I promise you, I, it, if this does not, if you don't see some stress relief from these three, you can get in contact with me and I will personally tell you that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I promise you, you'll see some changes. The first one is protect your mornings and protect your evenings. So just like I was talking about, you wouldn't leave your house without brushing your teeth and putting on your deodorant, have an in some intentionality around your spirit, your mind, and your heart when you first wake up and right before you go to bed. So protect your mornings, protect your evenings. The second one is to simplify. As many things in your life as you can put on autopilot, do that. We get this thing called decision fatigue where we have so many choices to make that it's kind of like, I don't even know what's for dinner. I, I'm gonna have cereal because I just don't know. Mm -hmm. So as, as best wow. as you can, simplify, whether that's a chore chart, a daily schedule, meal plan, like whatever you can do to simplify. And the third one is get outside. Find a way to step outside, look at a caterpillar. If you don't like bugs, watch a squirrel, <laughs> watch a flower, watch the clouds, tell the Lord good morning, good evening, watch a sunset, do something to get outside. And if you do those three things daily and build those into your routine, you are practicing self-care. Self-care doesn't have to be going to the nail salon. If you're building these routines, that is self-care. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I got for that one. Oh, great. She's just going to leave it there. That was just a lot, right? That was, <laughs> yeah, that was another mic drop. Yeah. I want it to be very practical and I hope yes. y'all wrote it down. Yes. <laughs> wow. Fatigue, I'm going to have to pass her what was that? Decision fatigue. That just spoke to my whole soul and spirit. It's There's sometimes where I'm stuck mm -hmm. like, man, you know what? I've done so much. I don't even want to make a decision about this. And I know. And if you're a leader in any way, we all know the worst thing you do is make no decision. Because people tend, if you don't lead, they lead themselves and start making their own decisions and stuff starts clashing and colliding. Um, so man, it's like, yeah, I need to simplify some stuff because um, there's some things we're doing that we don't need to, I don't even need to be making a decision about. I don't even want to be a part of it. Right. That. Those three, I wrote those down now. If you hear them in a sermon, don't be. <laughs> <laughs> and even another thing that I realized um, as Sister Sherman was sharing, um, restoration is a messy process. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, don't think that it's going to be a perfect process and be sure to give yourself a pat on the back for any bits of the journey that are positive. I, I bought a house in 2003 and had to do a restoration and I had all these plans in my mind. I wanted this marble, this, that, 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 that. Man, they started saying, well, if you're gonna get this, the marble, the same marble and correct it, we gotta go back to the same thing in, in, in Greece where it came from. And we need to pull from that to match it. And it, it became this process where I thought one thing, we found mold in walls, we found uh, some dry rot. 
we ended up tearing the whole house apart in order to do it right and make it nice. Mm-hmm. So be sh- please understand, uh, rebuilding is a messy process and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, man. And everyone's, what they're rebuilding may look different, right? From one family to another, one person to another, one child to another, one leader to another, it will look different. And the beautiful thing about um, just knowing God and having a, a personal relationship with him is that the hope that we have, um, although we know that tomorrow is not promised, when we wake up to another day, that's another opportunity, as you, you all have stated before, to start again. And so if you felt like, oh, I, I kind of snapped a little bit to my kids the other day, or I could have responded a little better, today is a new day uh, to do better, to try again. Um, if you're a leader and you may, you may have made a poor decision or have responded, you know, responded um, just too quickly, right? You have the opportunity to start again. If you feel like you're cycling through um, some things in your life that are just, um, you seems like you can't get out of, um, you have an opportunity to, to rebuild and to, to refocus your energy and refocus your, um, just how you do things. Because sometimes we just get in a pattern of this is how it's always been, but that doesn't mean that that's how it has to continue. Um, and so, um, wow, I'm just, I was, I'm blessed by what everyone shared. Um, it was so round, well-rounded, you know, just with every, all the input and everything. And so I can just imagine uh, just how much it will bless those who are uh, able to view uh, right now and even those who be able to view it in the future. And so just as we close, um, I want to ask another question uh, that you can take with you. Uh, what are you called to build or rebuild in this season? What are you called to build or rebuild in this season? So think about that. Uh, we have our, we again, just recapping uh, three R's. Um, one, revive. Number two, recover. And number three, rebuild. So just um, this pretty much brings a close to our discussion, but I do want to uh, just hear some final comments from our panelists. And then uh, following that, um, a prayer from Pastor Manning. And so at this time, you can close out with any final thoughts that you may have as our, on today. Um, I think I just have one comment and I want to say to everyone to care about self-care. It's important. And I also want to um, encourage the adults and parents and leaders to encourage your children to do the same. I think it's easier to uh, manage uh, self-care when they're young versus waiting to their adult and having to fix adults. Let's fix the children while they're young. Um, and I know the word fix, it can go any kind of way, but um, just let's care to self-care. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I would. Well, one, thank you for putting this um, panel on. I think us having a conversation about self-care and having a conversation about wellness and taking care of our minds, our souls, our spirits, our hearts is very important. Um, And I will say self-care doesn't have to be, like I said, indulgent. Self-care is literally stewardship. We have stewardship over our our money, stewardship over our time, you know, and it's the same with stewardship over our bodies, stewardship over our minds and our hearts. And that is godly and that's biblical. And so 
if we are stewards over these young lives, whether children, children in Sunday school, um, just like Sister Nadira was saying, you know, we're teaching them these things because we weren't taught and we're figuring it out as adults. And so now we are learning and modeling and teaching that. Um, so yeah, the stewardship it, to me goes right along with self-care. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And even what um, you said, um, Sister Salisha, this just understanding what is important for you to rebuild and really getting back to the, how we started this um, this panel and circling back to the beginning, it's it's your why, your focus. What is what is it? What is valuable? And what are you giving your time to? I tell my sons this all the time. You can do anything you want to do. You can accomplish it if you put effort and energy into it. You know, my son would tell me, oh, "I want to do this, this, and that." And then I see him on a video game for four hours. And I'm not saying anything because I just want to see, okay, what are you working toward? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it looks like you're working to try to be a gamer today. That part. <laughs> um, so, and I say that to us to say, if you want to rebuild your marriage, um, you want to pour into your children, how much time do you have for a video game on your phone? Right. You know, or how much... How much time do you have for soap operas or whatever your, your favorite <laughs> shows are, right? It, it, you, you put time into what you value. And so in, in rebuilding what's important to you in recovery, um, being revived, put your time where it's most valuably used. Uh, and I thank God for uh, this panel. I thank God for the panelists and for you, uh, Sister Isolisha. Did you did a wonderful job moderating? I'm hard Amen. to moderate. Thank you. Hard to lasso me. <laughs> so, you did a great job, and thank I you. hope that many families can listen to this and be blessed and actually take take the steps. I enjoy having three things. I'm about to, man. Two of these are gonna go into effect tonight. <laughs> me. <laughs> Amen. Right. Um, and, and and finding ways to. Just take little small steps toward uh, making a better future for yourself. I want to live a long life, but I want to be healthy in that. Right. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be stressed out. Amen. We had our consecration this year, and we had a break-in at the church. Mm-hmm. And after the break-in, I mean, I became like obsessed over like watching the cameras, set up alert system for any motion or movement, and it really became a an obsession. The middle of the night, I'd be up looking at my phone. And you know, once you open your phone up, you're not really going back to sleep and resting. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point, we had a consecration. The Lord revealed that to me. You're doing too much. I came out the consecration. And I said, listen, that's the Lord's church. He's going to have to take care of his church because I don't have the capacity to watch it 24 hours a day like he does. <laughs> if they damage it, we got insurance. So I'm a rest. I turned off all alerts. People started calling Man, I tried to call you last night, call him from jail. I tried to call you last night at one in the morning and your phone wouldn't even ring. Well, it's because the alerts are turned off. Mm-hmm. I'll see you at six in the morning. You can call I'll me after six. That. But mm-hmm. at night, I have to sleep. Because if I don't sleep, then my whole day is shot. Right. right? So take those small steps. I thank God for you all. Um, bring these two women back. They need to come back. Uh, yes. Have yes. <laughs> 
If we're ready, I'll go ahead and pray for us. Lord, we just want to first of all say thank you. Thank you for the vision of the progressive youth department and young adult department, God. Thank you for their understanding of taking this critical element of life and putting it at the forefront of ministry and our minds. Yes. I thank God for everyone here on this panel, God, for the wisdom, the insight, the knowledge, the inspiration that they hold. God, I, I, I'm just so thankful for the wealth of information that was shared here today. I believe that everyone listening will have something to glean that they can take and put into work that will make them better, God. Yes. And we thank you for that, God. I pray that you would strengthen Progressive Church, strengthen the other churches connected here, God, strengthen the youth department, God, strengthen the workers. Oh, God, because you said that if we workers, if we don't work according to your plan, we labor in vain. So, God, I'm praying that you will give us your plan and we will walk according to your will and be blessed. Keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we did it, y'all. Great job. <laughs> and thank you for uh, just joining us on today. And for those of you that are viewing, um, we hope that you are blessed, encouraged, uh, and again, inspired just to keep moving forward. Remember those three R's, uh, revive, recover, and rebuild. Amen. Amen. Amen.